The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Inside five seconds, final play, Wade airing things out, incomplete. That'll be it. The streak, the drought, it's over. Iowa. And this senior class, they get the bowl victory. For Kirk Ferentz, his seventh bowl win, 27 to 20 over Boston College. And with that victory, 143 career wins as the head coach at Iowa, tied the great hate front. Last time this team will ever be together. Iowa, 27, BC, 20. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the 2018 season opening football show from Hawkeyes Mike. This is our new Reporter's Notebook podcast. You features Steve Batterson, who reflects on the Hawks' 2017 season and the victory over Boston College in the Pinstripe Bowl. Plus, he previews this week's Iowa-Northern Illinois game. And you'll hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's contest, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz and the Huskies' Rod Carey. This Hawkeyes Mike podcast is one in a series of our weekly programs, which includes sports reporters Scott Docterman of The Athletic and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, former Iowa kicker Ron Colosi, and our own Tyler Chemeland and Jack Bransgard. The Pinstripe Bowl game highlights are courtesy of ESPN. We very much appreciate it and thank them. Hawkeye's mic programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. Saturday is the season opening game for the Iowa Hawkeyes at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City, a 2.40 p.m. kickoff. It is the gold game. Iowa begins this season coming off a relatively successful year in 2017 where they finished 8-5 overall, just 4-5 in the Big Ten though, and they finally broke their losing streak in bowl games, topping Boston College in New York City 27-20. NIU's record in 2017 was 8-5 overall, including 6-2 in the MAC, the Huskies lost to Duke 36-14 in the Quick Lane Bowl. This will be the 10th game in the series between these two schools. Iowa has won eight of those games, but lost the 2013 season opener to NIU by a score of 30-27 at Kinnick. Seven of the games have been played in Iowa City, the other two at Soldier Field in Chicago. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz begins his 20th season with an overall record as a head coach of 155 and 118 and an Iowa mark of 143-97. and 97. He is the dean of college head football coaches, and with the 27-20 win in last year's pinstripe bowl over Boston College, Ferentz and Hayden Fry are now tied for winningest football head coaches in Iowa history. A win over NIU on Saturday moves Kirk into the lead all by himself. Fry will be in attendance at Kinnick for the potential historic event. Ferentz's 143 wins in all games ranks fifth in Big Ten history, and his 86 conference wins ranks sixth. Kirk's first win as the Iowa head coach came in September of 1999 over Northern Illinois, 24-zip at Kinnick. 
NIU head coach Rod Carey has a record of 44-24 and 24 in his six years heading the Huskies program. NIU has won six of its last ten games played against Big Ten opponents, including four of its last five. They defeated Nebraska in Lincoln last year, 21-17. NIU also became the first program in MAC history to defeat two Big Ten teams in a single season. That came in 2013 when it defeated both Iowa and Purdue. The Huskies are picked this year to win the MAC West Division title. In game notes, Iowa quarterback Nate Stanley completed 26 touchdown passes last season. That was just one short of Chuck Long's single-season record of 27 set in 1985. Stanley hit tight end Noah Fant for 11 of those and wide receiver Nick Easley for four. This is the first time in 20 years of the Ferentz regime that the Hawkeyes will open a new year starting three linebackers without a single career start among them. The three new starters are Amani Jones in the middle with Christian Welch and Nick Neiman on the outside, but Ferentz says there will likely be six linebackers that will get playing time. NIU's junior standout defensive end and outside linebacker Sutton Smith was just the second consensus All-American in NIU history after leading the Huskies and the FBS with 29.5 tackles for loss and 14 quarterback sacks in 2017. The Huskies starting quarterback, sophomore Marcus Chuck is a true dual threat and was the first NIU player in 32 years to be named MAC Freshman of the Year. He finished with 1,674 passing yards and 473 rushing yards, which was also the most yards of total offense by a freshman in NIU history. Iowa wins when it effectively runs the ball, and as Scott Docterman points out, over the past three years, Iowa is 28-1 and when it rushes for at least 100 yards, but 0-11 when it doesn't. Conversely, in 2017, NIU was 5-0 when rushing for more than 200 yards in a game, but just 3-5 and when not hitting that mark. And NIU has won nine of its last 10 games when gaining 200 yards or more on the ground. Depth chart notes the Hawkeyes have four players suspended for this opening game, two each on offense and defense. Starting offensive tackles Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirfs, and starting defensive linemen Cedric Lattimore and Brady Reef. In terms of the defense, the good news is that the defensive line is probably Iowa's deepest group on that side of the ball. The O line, however, is another story, and due to the suspensions, Iowa will rotate three offensive tackles in this game Mark Kallenberger, Dalton Ferguson, and Levi Paulson. Ivory Kelly Martin gets the start at running back, but it will be a three-man rotation for the Hawks, according to Ferentz. That will include Torin Young and newcomer Mikai Sargent. The wide receiver rotation will initially include Brandon Smith, Nick Easley, Amar Smith-Marset, and Kyle Gronerweg. The defensive secondary starters are Amani Hooker and Jack Gervas at safety, Matt Hankins and Michael Ojemudia on the corners. Smith-Marset and Gronerweg will handle both punt and kickoff returns. Turns. The starting punter will be Colton Rastetter, backed up by Ryan Gersandi. Ferentz indicated that both punters may see action in this game. The contest will be televised on the Big Ten Network with announcers Joe Beninati and Chuck Long. It will be broadcast on the Hawkeyes Radio Network with Gary Dolphin and Ed Podolak. And it will also be available on Satellite Radio, XM Channel 196, and Sirius Channel 98. Tidbits and Nuggets, the Hawkeyes are 95-32. 32-2 in home openers, 16-3 and 
three since 1999 under Ference and 16 and one since 2001. Iowa is the only school to have just two head football coaches since 1979, Ference and Fry. That's the kind of longevity that you just don't see anymore in college athletics or for that matter in sports in general. Two Iowa assistants have been with Ference for those 20 years. Defensive coordinator Phil Parker and strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle. There are several ties between the two programs, including Iowa wide receivers coach Kelton Copeland, who was on NIU's staff from 2013 to 16, coaching both receivers and running backs. Iowa offensive line coach Tim Polisek coached NIU's fullbacks and tight ends in 2013, and Iowa's new head athletic trainer Cami Powell was at Northern from 2004 to 2011. Plus, Iowa grad assistant Joe Pollack was NIU's quarterback when it won the MAC championship in 2011. When I die, it'll be here or on top of a wild woman. I hope it's here, but I'll go either way. Let's hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game. First up, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, who talks about the fall camp and preparation for the new season. As far as uh, preparation goes, I think we've done a fairly good job. I think we've had a productive camp. Uh, for the most part, we've been able to avoid serious injury, and uh, that's always significant. You always have people that miss some time, and it's it's always uh, you know a little bit disappointing, but that that's part of football. But I, th- I think uh, as, as a rule, you know, we've improved pretty much at every position. I think we've seen our leadership uh, base grow. At all positions, and that's certainly important if you're going to have a winning team. And then, obviously, uh, for us to have a good football team, our best guys have to play their best, and I've said this many times, but they've got to play better than they did last season, our returning players that are experienced, and then you need to have guys rise up and and, uh, fill the voids that uh, were left by graduation and, you know, guys that departed. So those things have all been kind of going, uh, and I think, uh, again, we've made progress in those areas. Uh, The other thing of note probably to you uh, would be newcomers that we're planning on playing right now, and uh, as we stand here today, and this is a little different world than years past with the uh, redshirt flexibility rule uh, available to us, but uh, it's probably more prominent for us on defense right now. We have uh, four true freshmen. We plan to play. uh, Start with uh, in the back end where we're a little bit thin. Uh, Julius Sprintz and Riley Moss have both done a good job, and we expect them to be uh, in our two deep and playing on special teams. Uh, Same to be said about Dylan Doyle, linebacker, and then uh, Tyra Linderbaum up front uh, as a defensive tackle. Then offensively, we have two guys that aren't true freshmen, but they're new to our program. Nico Regani joined us last January. Uh, he's done a nice job and really has, uh, I think, improved greatly the last couple of weeks here. Uh, seems to be more comfortable. And then uh, Makai Sargent, who I mentioned uh, last time we got together, uh, he's done a really nice job, and uh, he certainly will help us in the running back position. So feel good about that. Ferentz discusses playing the home opener against Northern Illinois. We're playing against a team that's highly competitive and uh, very, very well coached. Uh, and our, our relationship with Northern goes back quite a ways. Uh, but if you think about it most recently, you know, they've had an outstanding football team since Coach Carey took over uh, five-plus years ago. You know, he's just done, done a wonderful job. They're very well coached. Uh, we have two two coaches on our staff that play or coached in that program, and we have great respect for them. Uh, and if you watch our team on film, they're, they're a really good football team. They've got good players. They're very well coached. They play extremely uh, hard, but also play very aggressively, and their attack is aggressive. What they do mentally is aggressive as well. So uh, we know we are going to have a battle on our hands Saturday, provided hopefully we'll be up for that match and 
it's always great to be in Kinnick. That's, that's never been any, uh, any issue there. But the bottom line is it's about us playing well because our fans can't play. They can't, uh, they can't go out and take care of business for us. So that's our job. It gets back to our preparation. Kirk was asked about the fact that he's starting the season with three linebackers who've never started a game for Iowa. And that's the first time that's happened in Kirk's years at the Hawkeye helm. That's part of college football. It's a challenge. I feel good about the way the guys have progressed. Imani Jones has certainly you know, done a nice job, and that really began a while ago. He's played really well in special teams for us. And I think he's uh, getting a better better picture of the whole taking command in the middle, and that's, that's an important position. Uh, anywhere up the middle is important offense or defense. So uh, he's a good building block for us to start with. And then uh, we'll go with Welch and Neiman, uh, the two outside backer positions. But I, I still at this point see it kind of being a four or five maybe six-player competition, and maybe a little bit like 09, where, or excuse me, 08, where we had uh, you know some things happening during the course of the season. I think uh, Anger emerged as a starter uh, late October, excuse me, late September, early October. You know, it's a possibility as well. So it's like anything. You never know until you get on the game field how guys are going to play, but they've practiced well, and I think we've got some good guys around them right now. We're not deep at any position defensively, maybe outside of our defensive line, but hopefully it'll be a good team effort, and we'll, we'll uh, be ready to play good defense. Ference addresses his level of concern facing an aggressive Huskies defense without his two starting offensive tackles who are suspended for this contest. Well, anytime you go in shorthanded at any position, it's it's a concern and that's kind of football. Uh, to have two guys out at one position is not ideal. Uh, the good news is right now, you know, we have three guys I think that have practiced well. Consider all three of them. I kind of look at them all the same way and they'll probably rotate through a little bit. Uh, be it Dalton, be it Levi uh, Paulson or, or Mark Kallenberger. So those guys have practiced well. Got great respect for for Northern. Uh, their defensive front is veteran, and they're very good at the defensive end position. Uh, probably the only only thing that helps a little bit there is, you know, I told our guys, you know, you've been practicing against some pretty good guys, too, with uh, Hesse and Nelson. So at least they're going against good guys in practice on a daily basis, and I could throw Epinesa and, and Golston in there as well. But, you know, they haven't played. Bottom line is they haven't played a lot, and their guys are veteran, the, uh, the guys from Northern are. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch, but you know, I think they'll be prepared. Ference was asked about his running backs with Ivory Kelly Martin listed as the starter, plus likely playing time for both Torrin Young and Makai Sargent. I, I want to be careful on that one, just in the in the context that you know we, we look at all three of those guys. It's kind of like I talked about our tackles a minute ago. Uh, I think all three of those guys, if they're in the game, we're, we're going to feel okay about it based on what we've seen. And uh, you know, with Ivory and Torrin, obviously we've had a better exposure over a year. Torrin with two years, and now Ivory with uh, one. Uh, Makai not not quite as uh, long of an exposure, but really like what he's done the last two weeks in particular. So. And he's an older guy. But, um, you know, I think Ivory's got a, a really uh, a diverse skill set, if you will. He can run the football, run inside, run outside, catch it, uh, runs good routes, those types of things. So uh, he's just done a really nice job. And uh, we're, we're really... I think, you know, uh, I can't tell you that we have a specific amount of carries designed for all guys, but I think you're going to see all three of those guys play a role in the offense for sure. Kirk is just a single win away from surpassing Hayden Fry as the winningest head football coach in Hawkeye history. He talks about the similarities he has with Hayden. You know, you may find this hard to believe. We're probably similar in a lot of ways. Uh, we just have very different personalities. Uh, he's charming, witty, and, you know, got me right down the list. So, and I, I mean that in all sincerity. He captivated this state. Uh, that was 
very clear to me. I came here year three. It was very obvious that, you know, boy, I, I didn't know all the details, but it's just like this guy, he did something to really rally the, the troops here. You know, at the end of the day, you know, when the big games we won in the 80s got down to playing good, solid, you know, fundamental football. Uh, I think he fooled a lot of people with the pants, the sunglasses and, raz- you know, exotics, excuse me. Uh, but when it came down to really winning big games, it was all sound football. And that's usually common everywhere you go and pretty much any generation. I really believe that. So, but the, the, the common denominator really besides, you know, I think we are similar in certain, uh, you know, belief sets is the place. You know, it takes a good place and really unique people for good things to happen. And uh, I was a great, great place. And my, my 29 years, 28 plus, uh, the commonality is just great people to be around, whether it's players, coaches, support staff, uh, fans. I mean, it's just, you know, it's hard to find a real negative here. It really is. So, you know, that part's been pretty fortunate. <laughs> Visit HawkeyesMike.com and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Medium and Twitter. Next, we hear from NIU head coach Rod Carey, who talks about playing the 2018 season opening game in Iowa City. Obviously, we're excited about it. We have a ton of respect for Coach Ferentz and his program. I mean, just, uh, you know, they're a class act, and, and we've played them before, and I know we have a relationship going forward past this year with them, so it'll be it'll be a good test. But it is, like you say, an opportunity. And, uh, you know, we work a lot year-round. The guys do, the coaches do. And you only get 12 guaranteed opportunities, and this is the first one. So they're excited to go play. Kerry was asked about his star defensive end, outside linebacker Sutton Smith. I mean, he was uh, Gatorade Player of the Year, I think, in Missouri, so it wasn't hard to find him. And uh, we've we've been down in, in uh, St. Louis and the state of Missouri quite a bit for recruiting. You know, it obviously borders our state, so that's uh, something that we do quite often. As far as the moving of him, you know, brought him in as a running back, as an offensive guy, because I loved his speed and ability. And there's a day, I mean, it's first fall camp here where he was playing running back, quarterback, threw an interception. He went down and made a tackle on a kid, and a defense coordinator at the time looked at me and goes, ooh, kind of like that. And so with the crowded room that we had and, and still have it at running back, we were like, we got to get this guy on the field. So moved him to the linebacker and then moved him up to really, you know, that hybrid defensive end position, which could be an outside linebacker, however you want to look at it position. And, you know, he really took off with it. So that was kind of the evolution of how that happened. Really, you just try to get your best players on the field. Kerry assesses Iowa football in 2018. It's Iowa. It's uh, and for those inside um, college football, they, that's really all you need to say about Iowa is it's Iowa. They're big, they're strong, they're fast. Um, they do not beat themselves. Uh, they have really good ability. And then you're going to Iowa as well, which is one of the great college venues, I think, that people don't talk enough about in all of college football. Now, it's getting talked more about because of the wave and all that, which we're excited to be a part of and um, do. But I think even before that, it was a great environment. So I just have a ton of respect. I mean, they, they, they do things a certain way in what I like to call the right way. And they do it over and over and over again, and it's worked really well for them. And Kerry discusses the growth and development of his sophomore dual-threat QB, Marcus Childers, Max freshman of the year last season. 
I think it would be a completely different situation if he hadn't had that experience last year. And Marcus, you know, I, I think uh, now I'll know a lot more after Saturday, but I think he has taken the next step in quarterback evolution, uh, which is, you know, the command and the operation and the game has slowed down for him. At least that's what it appears to me right now. And that all starts with his attitude and confidence. And those two things are a direct result of the experience he had last year. So uh, I'm hopeful that he will do. I have no reason to believe he won't from what I've seen in practice. But uh, at the same time, you've got to get out and do it on game day. Stanley, the fake handoff on the right side. The big tight end, Noah Fan. All he does is catch touchdowns, guys. That's number 11. Got a little naked boot. Been running the ball. They fake it up inside. Slipped him in from the other side. He comes across the formation into the flat. Easy touchdown. It is Iowa with their first touchdown at the ball game. Noah Fan, the Omaha, Nebraska native, with his 11th touchdown of the season. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ooh, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Do you want to learn more about kicking and punting? It's hard to find quality training for place kicking and punting, especially with a coach who will give you full attention and who cares about your growth as a person as well as a kicker. That's why Kaluzi Kicking is here. Kaluzi Kicking strives to bring out the very best in every student athlete by utilizing hands-on training, video analysis, and athlete marketing. Kaluzi Kicking is a family-oriented company and believes in working hard to help achieve your goals. The Kaluzi Kicking team will provide you the resources you need to perfect every aspect of the kicking game as you aspire to play at the next level. You can find out more information at kaluzikicking.com. Or you can email us, info at kaluzikicking.com. Time now for our Reporter's Notebook segment. This week with Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. Steve looks back at last year, including the win in the Pinstripe Bowl, and he previews the matchups in this Saturday's game versus Northern Illinois, and we'll also talk some Big Ten. Steve, our first show of the season, 2018 is on us, seems uh, like just a few weeks ago that Iowa broke its bowl game losing streak and outscored Boston College in the second half to win the Pinstripe Bowl. Reflections on that and the 2017 season overall? Yeah, I think it finally we've had a couple months here to kind of thaw out from the experience at Yankee Stadium on a, on a very cold December night that turned out to be a pretty productive one for Iowa. And, I, you know, I think that was a step forward for the program. Uh, it certainly was one of the goals that last year's senior class had was to, to end that bowl losing streak and, you know, it kept off in a, a solid eight and five season, certainly a couple disappointments along the way and, and, you know, certainly some special memories along the way as well. And, uh, you know, it, it positioned this team pretty well in into the off season in in terms of of giving those guys uh, a little taste of what bowl success was like and and uh, you know now it's their turn uh, it's a small senior class with 13 players but uh, uh, Kirk Ferentz has been pretty pleased with the leadership uh, that they've provided and you know they, they've 
they're here to kind of set the bar higher and take the next step, and that's the way it's supposed to work. Well, Northern Illinois comes into Kinnick Stadium Saturday. It's a 2.40 kickoff. It's the first time since the 2013 season opener for the Huskies, and they beat Iowa in that game 30-27. to The Hawkeyes had won the previous eight meetings. Let's get right into the matchups and talk about who has the edge in each of these matchups. First, Iowa's offense against a pretty stout Huskies defense. Yeah, it's a very aggressive defense. It uh, re- returns six starters. That's kind of a misnomer because they rotate a lot of guys. So it's one of those defenses that uh, certainly has the potential to uh, to give Iowa some issues. Uh, the word that continues to crop up all week is disruptive, and, and Sutton Smith, uh, who led the country last year with uh, 29 and a half uh, tackles for a loss and, and 14 sacks, you know he's kind of the focal point of it all. But uh, this is a Northern Illinois defense that tied Michigan and Ohio State for the FBS lead with 114 TFLs last season. So uh, they're going to come out and they're going to get after it. Uh, you know there is a former. Hawkeye in the lineup for, for the Huskies as well. Uh, Jalen Embry spent his uh, freshman year uh, at Iowa before transferring to Iowa uh, Central Community College. He's, he'll, he'll be starting at cornerback for, for Northern on Saturday. So they'll come here ready. Uh, they went to Nebraska last year and, and won. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead in that game. And uh, It's a defense that uh, uh, will get after an Iowa offense that uh, is going to be a little shorthanded without uh, starting offensive tackles uh, Tristan Norris and Alaric Jackson as they sit out that one game suspension and you know it, it's an opportunity for for uh, Dalton Ferguson who who's been a part of the program for you know for five years now and and for a redshirt freshman like Mark Kallenberger to to step in along with Levi Paulson and kind of rotate at the the tackle position uh, it, it will be interesting to see how quickly uh, Iowa gets off to uh, you know a fast start if possible I think that uh, certainly would help the Hawkeyes but. Uh, uh, the lineup front is is lacking in experience, and uh, you know if Northern can get a pass rush going, that could create some issues for the Hawkeyes. Of course, Iowa returns Nate Stanley. Pretty good season last year overall, but uh, certainly room for improvement. You've got. A new starting running back. Kirk indicates it's going to be a three-man rotation back there with Ivory Kelly Martin, Torin Young, and Mackay Sargent. Let's talk about them for just a second. And then, of course, Iowa's tight ends, which you would anticipate they'd rely on quite a bit in this game to offset the, the Sutton Smith rushing. Then the receiving core as well, which potentially may be one of the best ones that Iowa's had in quite some time. Yeah, there certainly is some some uh, potential in, in this receiving core and and you throw the tight ends and their their pass catching abilities way in with that and and, and uh, Nate Stanley is certainly going to have some targets to work with you know on the ground uh, I think what we've seen is we've seen Ivory Kelly Martin kind of take a step forward um, he's in a position where he has a chance to to kind of uh, you know take the ball and run with it so to speak and you know I think what we're going to see here probably in the first couple of weeks is is a little experimentation uh, we'll, we'll see uh, um, you know his abilities not only uh, in terms of, of rushing but pass catching I think probably gave him a bit of a bit of a, a step ahead of uh, maybe a torn young who, who uh, certainly can provide some physical presence uh, uh, in the run game and and and, you know, I think from just our few glimpses, Makai uh, Sargent uh, certainly has provided, uh, um, you know, some, some intriguing possibilities there. Uh, he brings some quickness to the position as well and, and certainly uh, is 
he's also a capable receiver. So, you know, I think all three of those guys are going to get a fair shot, um, and it will be interesting to see how that plays out over time. And, uh, you know, it, it could be a really good complement to to a group of, of receivers uh, that is, uh, is still fairly young in a lot of respects. Uh, Nick easily returned for his senior season, but it's his second year in the program. You know, he provides you with some consistency and, a, you know, a good down low uh, kind of option. Brandon Smith and, and uh, um, you know, Amir Smith-Marset, uh, you know, you, you would hope that this might be after after their freshman years, this would be the year of growth when uh, uh, you could see them maybe take that same type of a step that, that uh, Noah Fant took between his freshman and sophomore years and, and becoming a little more consistent. Uh, you know, certainly uh, Smith and Smith-Marset bring, uh, bring some uh, perimeter possibilities and, and a chance to maybe go vertical a little more than what Iowa has in recent years. And, you know, if they can get that done, that's going to be a big step forward for this offense. Of course, it's uh, Brian Ferentz's second season as offensive coordinator, and he spent some time with the Patriots this past summer. You'd have to think that would bode well for the tight end game. Stanley threw 26 touchdowns last year. That was one shy of tying Chuck Long's single season record. And of those 26 TD passes, Noah Fant caught 11 of them and Nick Easley four. So there's some uh, there's some experience there that's Stanley uh, comfort level that he has, particularly with those two guys. Okay, given those matchups that we have, who has the edge in this case? Iowa's offense, North Northern Illinois' defense. I think if Iowa can get some traction early, I think they do have an opportunity to have an advantage uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, maybe a slight slim one. Uh, I, I think it's an interesting matchup because, you know, certainly the Hawkeyes are going to be tested by the uh, by the disruptive nature of that Northern Illinois defense. And, you know, if they can get things going and get a little confidence and stretch that game into the fourth quarter, uh, as they did the last time they were in Iowa City, uh, you know, they can make things interesting. They, this is a this is a northern team that has won six of its last ten games against Big Ten competition, including a win in Nebraska last year. So they're not going to be intimidated when they step into Kinnick. And you know Iowa needs to match that level of intensity. And you know, in talking with uh, one of our local uh, athletes who, who competes at Northern this week, I mean they're, they're they're anxious for this thing. This is an opportunity for them. Uh, they've got road trips to BYU and Florida State coming up later on, and Utah shows up in DeKalb next week. So this is the first of, of several tests for a team that uh, that also finished with eight wins last season and, and uh, you know, is looking for big things much like Iowa is this year. Let's flip over now. Iowa's defense versus the Northern Illinois offense. You've got a very experienced and what many anticipate could be one of the best defensive lines in the Big Ten, maybe even beyond that, against an opponent with a very prolific dual-threat quarterback starting his second season. Yeah, Marcus Childers is a guy who was the freshman of the year in the MAC last season. Uh, you know, and he certainly has both the arm and the feet to give Iowa some issues. Uh, you know, the, the Iowa's edge here comes with its experience. And, you know, it, despite the fact that Cedric Lattimore is going to be sitting out and Brady uh, Reef will be out as well this week uh, serving suspension, the Hawkeyes have enough depth up front on on defense to to really uh, to create some issues for for the Huskies. I feel like, and uh, it's it's the type of defense, I think, that uh, is going to keep throwing fresh bodies 
good people, and and that may well extend to the linebacker uh, positions, as Kirk Ferentz alluded to earlier this week. That a rotation there with three first-year starters is probably more probable than possible this time around, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that group kind of settles in. But uh, you know, I, I like the makeup of this Hawkeye defense. I think they've got a lot of uh, potential and possibilities there to uh, to really lead this football team as as the offense kind of grows and and improves and against a you know a, a northern team that uh, returns uh, you know nine nine players with significant starting experience and it starts with Childers he's he's a he's a, a Georgia kid who uh, really has some ability and and moved into the lineup for the final eight games a year ago threw for over sixteen hundred yards and rushed for for four fifty. So I mean, it's uh, he's going to be a threat. Uh, if they have a weakness on on offense, it's probably in in terms of experience at at the receiver spots, and uh, you know that that uh, that part of their game is something that they're going to have to uh, you know to continue to grow, much like Iowa. Some similarities there, but uh, uh, you know, all five of those guys in front of Childers who were there a year ago are back, and and uh, you know that starting experience gives them an, a, a good starting point for this season. In terms of the defensive secondary you've got some starters back in Amani Hooker and Jack Gervais who started uh, several games last year but there's uh, inexperience certainly in terms of the depth and Iowa led the Big Ten in the country last year in interceptions thanks in no small part to Josh Jackson who's now playing in the NFL Uh, how do you think Northern Illinois in particular might try to exploit Iowa's defensive secondary well I I certainly think that uh, you know if they would be a little more experienced on the receiver end, it would probably be more of a concern. Uh, but I, I do think they certainly will test, uh, you know, Matt Hankins and, and uh, you know, uh, whether it be a, a Julius Brents, a true freshman who's kind of worked his way onto the depth chart already, or, you know, any, anybody on the back end there, whether uh, I, I think that those guys will be tested. They'll be tested early and often. It's that time of the year, and you would expect that. And uh, we'll see if, you know, if Michael Ojumadia is up to the challenge. And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, they had some moments uh, of success last season in, in, in a reserve role. Uh, now it's their turn to kind of step it up and see if they belong. And, you know, I certainly think that, uh, you know, Northern has solid, you know, skilled players. Uh, it, it's just a matter of, of whether or not that uh, you know they can get anything going as well. Uh, DJ Brown, Leon Payne, uh, you know, Cole Tucker. Um, uh, it's a fairly young uh, receiving group uh, with some freshmen, uh, other than Brown, who is a senior, looking to get some playing time. And and so it, it, it this is this is what you would expect in an opener. You've got a lot of of fresh faces uh, seeing their first significant action and how guys respond. Uh, we're going to know a lot more about both of these teams after uh, after Saturday evening. Back to Iowa's inexperience at linebacker at the media day in August. I asked Amani Jones a handful of questions and got your typical short answers that you often get from players who aren't used to doing much of that yet. But then I asked him about how much he thought Iowa's experience and strength in the defensive line might really help the linebacking core this year and give the linebackers time to gain some experience and and grow and his eyes lit up and he just went on for about two minutes talking about how good Iowa's defensive line is so here in terms of Iowa's defense the Huskies offense who has the edge I, I think that I was uh 
the edge comes up front on defense. I think the depth of that defensive front is is an advantage that Iowa can take a you know take advantage of against a, a veteran Northern Illinois offense. But uh, you know I, I think uh, the Hawkeyes do have maybe a slight edge there uh, that they can they can exploit. And 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 I don't want to discount the you know the the experience that Iowa has at the safety positions either. You know in Imani Hooker and Jake Gervas and and really the, the Geno Stone as well saw some. some key minutes a year ago those guys along with the guys up front are going to provide the core leadership for this uh, uh, for this defense and and i think that they're positioned to to get off to a pretty good start this season let's take a quick look at special teams iowa returns its place kicker starting place kicker and miguel racinos who had a very good season last year punting was a major issue last year they were dealing with the same two guys at that position this season uh, colton rastetter is apparently getting the start as as opposed to what the depth chart told us, and it was going to be Ryan Gersandi. But whoever starts, or you may see both of them, there's going to have to be substantial improvement in that position to help Iowa out. Yeah, it was a true weakness a year ago. And, and uh, uh, you know, everything we've heard, much much like we've heard about Brandon Smith at the receiver spot in the offseason, uh, a lot of improvement, a lot of growth. Um, I, I want to see it happen on the field in a game. And, you know, once it gets to that point, then maybe I'll start to buy in a little bit and you know we we just haven't seen enough out of out of uh, you know whether it be Rastatter or, or Gersande or, or your lobbying efforts for Nate Stanley to punt on, on a regular basis you know I, I think that Iowa uh, has to get better in that part of the game it was a cost it was a costly area for the Hawks a year ago and if, if they can overcome that and and truly improve uh, then I think that uh, you know there's some possibilities there but uh, uh, you know I guess probably the, the biggest thing right now that you have, especially with Gersande, is the fact that you know he is still a sophomore, so there's still some opportunities to kind of learn and grow. Big Ten thoughts, just uh, for a quick moment here. We open the season here. Uh, starting Thursday night, Northwestern at Purdue. Maybe a couple of other games that are more than mildly interesting. Texas at Maryland. Uh, Michigan at Notre Dame. And uh, Oregon State at Ohio State without Ohio State's head coach might spark some interest as well. Yeah, you know, it, it certainly, uh, there are a few matchups on the schedule this weekend that do kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit. Maryland uh, surprised Texas last year uh, down in Texas, and uh, it'll be played at a neutral site at FedEx Field, and uh, it is a, uh, you know, uh, another situation where Maryland is uh, currently without uh, its head coach, and you, you take a look at those games, and, and they certainly will be tone set for for where the Big Ten is at in in terms of uh, early September and and uh, with success people will uh, have some praise and and uh, if the league should stumble uh, we'll all be reading about how overrated it is and and, and it's just the way it works uh, you know the Northwestern Purdue matchup to start things off is is an interesting one I, I think that uh, you know we're going to see at least one conference game on the schedule in every season and Iowa has one coming up in a couple of years. Uh, the season opener with Indiana schedules that were released uh, yesterday through for t- uh, 2022 through 2025. Uh, Illinois has three of those games: uh, one at Wisconsin, and then home games against uh, Nebraska and uh, and Purdue. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's um, it's an early conference opener uh, for those teams. It, it provides some uh, immediate t- attention and games that actually really matter in the league race. 
So, uh, you know, it's an interesting start to the season on a lot of different fronts. And, uh, uh, you know, you have Scott Frost making his debut at Nebraska against Akron and as well. And, and so it, it will be a, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting way to kick it off. And, and uh, it's a starting point for everybody, whether you're playing a team that you should handle or, or whether you have a big challenge. And all of these teams will know a lot more about each other here in about uh, 72 hours. All right. Back to Iowa hosting Northern Illinois 2018 season opener. Your prediction, and here's an interesting stat or combination of stats. As Scott Docterman often points out over the past three years, Iowa's 28 and 1 when it rushes for at least 100 yards, and 0 and 11 when it fails to do that. Conversely, last season, NIU was 5 and 0 when it rushed for more than 200 yards in a game, but just 3 and 5 when it didn't hit that mark, and the Huskies have won nine of the last 10 games when they gained 200 yards or more on the ground. So how do you see this one playing out? I think Iowa's defense is solid enough to to prevent Northern from doing that. Uh, as long as the Hawkeyes can get off to a fairly decent start and, and not be in a situation like Nebraska found itself in a year ago when they fell behind 14-0 at, ha- at, at the half and then really struggled to kind of get back in it against a, a pretty aggressive defense that at that point was just pinning its ears back and going. You know, I, I think this is a game that Iowa can win. I think there'll be, a, a, I would suspect, uh, things might be a little wobbly early with the new guys up front on offense. I, I think it's a game that Iowa will probably win. I, the score that I've got for this week is 24-17. I think it'll be a fairly close game in part because I, I think Northern Illinois is a pretty solid opponent, and certainly this is one of those games that they've got circled on their calendars as well. That's it. I'm out of here. This victory ties you with Hayden Fry for most wins in Iowa history. What does that mean to you and what you've accomplished with this program? You know, uh, Fry's much the same. He was pretty lucky in 1981 when I went there. I have no idea what I was walking into. It was June 81, and uh, it was a great time in Iowa football history to, to work with Coach Fry, the great staff that we had, the players, and uh, the last 19 years have been a lot of fun most of the time. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. Our thanks again to ESPN for the bowl game highlights, and thanks as always to Steve Batterson. We hope you've enjoyed this program. All Hawkeyes Mike podcasts are available and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Overcast, and other podcasting apps. HawkeyesMike.com, podcasting original programming on Iowa athletics for 12 seasons. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well.
Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.